yourself lucky to have fallen in love with a girl. The city and the river of mud let me know. Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Crescent City Nights, and Kurt LeBlanc is our GM. This segment is called The Goblin of Bourbon Street. This is episode nine, and our recap, oh, sorry, no recaps this week. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, commencez notre voyage dans le ténèbre. Kurt? Ding! Goes the bell of the door on a little shop on Royal Street called La Rose Noire. A young woman works behind the counter as a man walks in. Bonjour, he says. How can I help you today? Oh, just uh, browsing by and, and you notice he has a, a, a very French accent. Uh, just uh, making my way down the street, checking out the, the wonderful shops uh, of, of Royal Street. And I've never seen this one before. Oh. Please step on in and make yourself comfortable. Have a look around. If you have any questions, I'm right here. I can um, can help you out as as best I can. So he starts to browse around. And uh, what what, what kind of things would he be looking at in in this shop? Well, I mean, we've got um, your your usual candles, um, incense, that sort of thing. Um, As you go deeper into the... uh, into the shop, you'll see um, statues, smaller statues, mostly Santeria, like uh, stuff that that could be considered Catholic or something like that. But there's a lot of um, like uh, motifs of, of like the Mother Mary and goddesses and things like that. So it's a bit pagan. But if a Christian comes in and they want to give me shit, I'll say, oh, this, this is the saints or something like that, you know. It's easier for, for me to, to sort of blend in our my culture with, uh, with Christian culture as well. So um, so we have that sort of thing um, going on in the uh, towards the back. You also have books. Um, you have a nice little uh, shelf with different types of uh, books. Some of them are older editions, but a lot of them are, are newly printed. He says, "What what a fascinating collection of items. Where where did you?" Where, where did you where did you accumulate all of this from? Oh, you have to ask my father. He, he likes to travel as well. Um, he's kind of retiring now. I'm trying to take over the store now. I'm trying to more or less learn my way. Hope I'm doing a good job so far. An entrepreneuring young woman. I have to try to make it somehow. Anything uh, in particular that you're looking for, sir? Now, as I'm talking to him, um, how's this man dressed? He's dressed very well. He's dressed in a suit, suit and tie, um, very dapper and handsome. Hmm. And he says, oh, nothing in particular. And as he's walking around, he's kind of, you know, running his fingers across the candles and, and picking up different things and browsing and, you know, seems very charming. Um, he says, yeah, I do, do fancy myself a, uh, a fan of the, uh, how should I say, esoteric. Ah. Um. As he's running his fingers over the candles and stuff like that, I'm going to, I don't know if I have to do a spot hidden for this, but I'm looking for a wedding ring. Uh, okay, he, he is wearing a wedding ring. 
you, you know, and, 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 but he does ask you, he says, I haven't seen you around the, the French Quarter before. Are you, uh, I, I know your shop is new. Are you, you and your family new in town? Are you? Uh, no, I was, I was, I was actually born and raised here. Um, but I did a bit of traveling myself when, you know, I got out of, out of school, just sort of touring the, the Eastern seaboard. And um, I'm recently coming back, um, or I've just come back. But uh, yeah, I've, I've lived here all my life. I believe my family set this shop up maybe 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah, I see. About 10 years ago, yeah. How interesting. And your, and your family, I hope you don't mind. And I hope I'm not being too forward. Is your family from the Caribbean? My mother was, my father, was from the, from the uh, United States, but he was from uh, the South, a uh, place called Florida. Like a different country down there. He lost, I've, I've, I've heard it said. And, and, but, you, and, you, and I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Oh, Alicia. Very nice to meet you, Alicia. And you are, you have me at a disadvantage, sir. Uh, my apologies, you, you, you may call me ATN. Ethian? Etienne. Etienne. I hold out my hand to shake his. As a business person supposed to do, I guess. Nice to meet you. But is there anything in particular that you're looking for? And I'll, I'll, I'll uh, like, what do you have your eyes on? What, what grabs your attention the most? In this well, at, at the moment, you, my dear. Well, I blush a little bit. <laughs> He says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just uh, a seeker of interesting things, you might say. Hmm. Well, again, if, if you see something that you like, let me know. Um, I can price it for you. If there's something that you're interested in that we don't have, I can see about where we can get it. I'll have to talk to my father about his connections, but um, we definitely try to get it in for you. Ah, ex what excellent service. And uh, he says, well, I, I, I hope to uh, see you around again. I'm uh, always in the French Quarter. I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure we'll see each other again. I'll, I'll say, okay. You know, I'm not going to press, you know. Um, I guess this, what time of day is this? It is, uh, it's Friday afternoon, September 9th, 1926. Okay, so it's an afternoon. Um, I would imagine um, my day is pretty slow. There's nobody else in the in the shop. I'm imagining. Right. So, so yeah, you know, maybe maybe I can close up early. Okay. But but I'll I'll bid him adieu, and I'll say yeah. I hope I do hope to see you again, um, sir. And again, please, anytime you want to, just stop on in. Even if it's just to say hello and to have a little chat or something, you know, I wouldn't mind your company. Uh, thank you very much. And, and, and he leaves. Uh, ding! As goes the door as he walks out. As you start to kind of put things away and, and get ready to close up, you notice there's a, actually a, 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 an, a, an envelope on the counter that you, you're not sure where it came from. I look around. Did I notice him put place something on the counter? I mean, I know that we were talking and he's walking around and browsing, but I don't remember him standing at the counter. And... You, uh, you know, he came by the counter to, to shake your hand. You didn't notice him put anything down there. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Um, 
okay, I will, I'll look around, I'll open it up. Maybe it has something that might identify him so I can get it back to him. Okay. So when you open up the envelope, there's a, uh, a, a handwritten note on, on a piece of paper and it says, if you want to go deeper, Muse Conti tonight, 10 p.m. And then it's on E. Hmm. Okay. So we'll leave it there for the moment. We're actually going to go backwards in time a few days to um, John Jerry Sanderson. You recently received a, a phone call the, in the middle of the night prior. Tell us about that call and what you'd like to do about it. Okay, the call came in around, I don't know, wasn't it near midnight or something like that, right? You were just getting getting back, getting in from work when your phone yeah. rang. Okay, so what I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to go back to sleep, but what I'm going to do is give Leon, a, uh, Professor Leon, a call in the morning and let him know what was the time that, uh, that LaGrosse told me to meet him there. Uh, Friday night, 10 p.m. He said that he said it'll be open. Okay. Okay, so when it's it's Wednesday night. Yeah. Tonight, right? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to give Leon a ring in the morning. I know it's early. Ring. Hello. Good morning, Leon. It's uh, John Jerry. Sorry to bother you. John, hi, John Jerry. How you doing? Um, I. I've been pretty good considering. Um, I've got a I've got a matter here. I got I received a phone call last night from that that old detective John Raymond Lagrasse, and he wants us to meet him at the Musée Conti on uh, Friday night at 10 p.m. So really, round everybody up. Oh. He basically asked if I want want to if I want to know the whole truth and about what's going on and stuff. So he was pretty. Uh, Pretty vague over the phone, so um, yeah. I am so close to hanging up this phone right now. So, so uh, <laughs> you know what? I can't go there by myself. So I thought uh, I thought I'd give everybody a, a ring, and uh, I guess we'll go over there on uh, on Friday night for 10 p.m. So you uh, said the Musée Conti, yeah. yeah. The the uh, Wax Museum. Holy yeah. crap! Why why are we going to go? To <laughs> that creepy place. Um, <laughs> oh, there's nothing weirder than seeing a bunch of people made out of wax. Um, oh, all right, all right. Is there, are, are the others going to come? I was going to ring them up as well. So. Okay. Yeah, count me in. I don't have anything else to do. It's Friday night, so my classes start this week, but... Uh, that should be fine. Ending up, I'm teaching four classes this year, or this okay. semester. Spanish, Portuguese, Latin, and Dutch. Dutch, <laughs> of all things. All right. Well, well I'll, get in, I'll get in touch with the other ones if uh, they bring me. Uh, should, we, should we meet earlier for dinner and then go over there? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I think I'll probably need a step drink before uh, this evening starts. So. All right. Why don't we plan on going over to uh, Chef's? Yeah, for dinner perfect. And over to Missy Conti. That's that's All right. good. All right. Okay, take care. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Cool. So, can we assume, John Jerry, that you repeat yeah, this process? Yeah. yeah. With Rose and, and Remy and yeah, are you guys down for some 
I yeah. assume always down for some good pardus. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we'll just invite ourselves over to the chefs. So. Cool. Well, since the events of, uh, of of the month prior, and you guys put down Claude Lefebvre, uh, Chef has really kind of been focusing on on the restaurant. He, he, he has withdrawn a little bit fr- from the group. He still welcomes everybody in and, and uses the restaurant as a, as a gathering place, but he, he's made it a little bit clear that he needs a little bit of time uh, from active investigation. But he does serve you guys up an amazing crawfish etouffee that he's been working on a new recipe for. Um, uh, a round of, uh, of po'boys, uh, roast beef and, and fried erst of po'boys all cut up for you guys um, so that you can all share. And it is uh, pretty amazing. So uh, let's say this is uh, around dinner time on Friday night, and we can go to uh, some, some table talk, whatever you guys like to get reacquainted before we head over to the museum. Well, how have you all been doing over the last month? Seen any ghosts? <laughs> uh, nothing. It's been pretty But I want to thank everybody for coming here tonight. As a, I didn't expect this phone call the other night, especially in the evening, and I honestly don't know what to expect from it, but I knew I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't do this alone, and appreciate everybody coming. So, well, from what I understand, Inspector Lagrasse is a pretty well-known and uh, well-respected uh, detective. Yeah. I was just, I was just going to ask the keeper. Uh, I remember we met him at the party briefly, right? Did we? Did we all kind of recognize him, or or do we have some familiarity with him? I guess. The only, no, the only person who would have who would have actually known and recognized him just from being on the police department is is John Jerry. Yeah. Um, McGrath is just he's retired now, but he he's a he's a legend. So John Jerry would have known that he was involved in like a big cult bust out in the bayous. Um, well, it was in the newspapers. It was in the newspapers. Uh, Leon, you probably would have uh, saw the story about you know ultimately during this cult bust, he found a statue that became just the talk of a lot of anthropological and. Uh, you know, different academic conferences and um, definitely, uh, you know, people in occult circles would, would have heard of the Lagrasse bust, you know, essentially. Yeah. Apparently there were a whole bunch of uh, uh, naked uh, natives out there in the jungle dancing around the statue and they rounded them all up and was, they were sacrificing people to some pagan god. I used to never believe in stories like that, but uh, after what we've been through, it's hard to discount anything anymore. Well, there's there's quite a few native religions that come into play in this area. You know, uh, things brought over from Africa, things from uh, from Europe, uh, things that are part of the the, the Native American culture. Uh, they all sort of blend here. You get some very strange, very strange mixtures. Sacrificing people. Sacrificing people. What's the word coming to? Well, that's as dark as it gets, I'm afraid. And you guys would know that like, large groups of naked people carrying on would be appropriate at Mardi Gras time. <laughs> well, yes, but they're having a lot more fun. Yeah. They're, 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 they're not quite in the same league. <laughs> yeah, the sacrifices they make, people survive. That's all just good, clean fun. Mm-hmm in preparation for the Easter season. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that's what Jesus Christ had in mind, but. Uh... So Chef comes over and, and uh, brings down a, a plate of beignets 
um, before you guys head out. Oh and and offers his apologies. He says, I, I, "I offer my apologies. I won't be with you all tonight." I don't know how you managed to do this, but every beignet you make is better than the last one. Oh well, thank you, Leon. Um, I definitely been focusing this last month on perfecting my recipes. Well, how have you, you been doing, Chef? How have you been doing? You, you take care of yourself. Yeah. I've been doing. I've been doing pretty good, taking care of my legs, spending some time with Alice. Oh, how's that going? Well, you know, she's a she's a polite society lady. Of course. He turns a little bit red. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, uh, this is all very nice and uh, lovely. Uh, I think that we're going to have to go quickly if we're going to get to the Musiconti uh, in time. Um, Chef, thank you so much. Um, John Jerry's paying. Um, is it, oh no! You all know I can't take your money. Of course, you can take our money. We're taking uh, your food. I won't hear it. Well, thank you very much, um, uh, ma'am. Uh, uh, gentlemen, shall we uh, head on over to the Museum County? I don't know exactly located. Wax Museum. Oh, I can't wait. Music Conte is, is, is in the French Quarter, and it is very unassuming. It is essentially just a door in a, in a row of buildings. It's definitely not like something you look at, like, the, like we saw the Cabildo, right? We, saw, um, we talked about the, the art museum. It's, it, is, it definitely doesn't look like a museum. The only way you would know what it is is there's a swinging sign outside the door that says Music Conte, Wax Museum, underneath. And it is, it is 10 o'clock. This part of the French Quarter, we are not super close to Bourbon Street. We're not super close to Jackson Square. We're not super close to Cafe du Monde. Some of the other places we've been kind of the heart of the French Quarter where all of the, the, the nightlife is going on, speakeasies, um, people carrying on, tourists. This is kind of several blocks away. So it is, it is, it's, it's 10 o'clock. So all of the you know, action in the French Quarter is down kind of on Bourbon Street and closer to Jackson Square. Down that way, yeah. yeah. And so it is. A, it's a little bit creepy. Um, it, it's it's dark and that you, there's actually no nobody on this block. But you are at the uh, you're at the front door. All right. Well, gentlemen, shall we go in, ladies? Yeah. Open up the front door. Um. Uh, who is this over here? Ma'am, are you going inside? I turn to you like, uh, were, were you talking to me? Oh yes, ma'am. Uh, oh. uh, we're we're all going in tonight uh, to see the museum. Uh, oh yeah, I was I was heading in as well. Um, oh please, and I open the door. I hold out my hand uh, to to shake yours, uh, Alicia. Alicia Martinez. Charmed, and I kiss her hand and hold the door for them to go in. Are you such a gentleman? I uh, I say uh, I say I'm I'm very charmed, such a lovely woman. But I say it in Spanish. Oh, and I'll answer in Spanish. <laughs> Thank you, Tom, for for letting the viewers know I don't know a lick of Spanish. <laughs> I don't know much either. So. <laughs> But my character does. He's a lost. So interestingly, there there is a close sign on the door, but if you try to open it, it does open. Hmm. Um, Do the rest of you want to introduce yourselves to the unfamiliar lady that um, Leon just 
invited into the clothes museum with you? Oh, these, these must be your friends. Well, good evening, uh, John Jerry. And, and, and I'll ha hold up, out my hand to shake. And Alicia, nice to meet you. I'm Rose. Hi, Rose. Remit Pascal, pleased to make your acquaintance. Mr. Mescal, is that, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Pascal, absolutely. Pascal. Oh, apologies. Nice to meet you, Rose. And as I'm shaking hands, I am actively looking to see if any of the gentlemen have wedding rings on. So, that is true. by a show of hands, who's married and who's not? Wait. <laughs> oh, or, or maybe I'm going to have to roll a spot hidden. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's like you said, we would both raise our hands. I'm, I'm not. Okay. I've got options. <laughs> I'm also a very cunning linguist. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not either, but I'm a, uh, I'm a, it was, I would think like a 45 year old bartender. <laughs> and you've got, got a steady job. Yeah, you know he's, right. And you know he's a cunning linguist because his shirt says so. <laughs> Yeah, all, all kinds of all kind of matters of uh, uh, interesting T-shirts to be found in a French quarter. Remy's wearing one that says, "I got bourbon faced on shit street." <laughs> I, I sell them at the Bourbon Girl. Yeah. Well, are there any lights on inside? Um, so as you as you walk in, you go into a lobby place. There's a counter where um, where you would normally buy tickets. But there's no one at the counter. Um, you don't you don't see anyone when you walk in. So I'll paint a picture for you here. There's a small lobby area where the counter would be, and then it just goes off into a, a hallway. Okay, but it's it's lit. There's lights. There, there's a light on in the lobby, um, but the the hallway is, from what you can see right now, is dark. Goes off into the darkness. Yep. Well, my goodness, this is quite strange. We were supposed to meet somebody here. Too. Was that uh, you? And I'll I'll describe the um the gentleman I met earlier. Would you happen to know of a gentleman that fits this description? You say a fairly young, handsome man. That wouldn't be Inspector Lagrasse. No. We're we're here to meet uh, an inspector, retired uh, police inspector. I was going to say, is there like a front desk or anything like that that might have a bell or something like a? There's a there's a desk uh, counter where you would buy tickets from normally during business hours. Okay. Um, there's not a bell, but if you if you approach the the counter, you can actually see a little bit further into the hall. And what you see, um, I, I'm going to assume that for the time you guys have been in town, maybe you've been in the museum contact, maybe you haven't. But uh, either way, you would know. Or what you're seeing now is, if you look down the hall, what you see is like almost a progression of dioramas. Right? right, so it's a wax museum. So what you've got are kind of like these scenes that you can walk down the hall from kind of scene to scene or exhibit to exhibit. Right, it's museum lighting. So the the, the exhibits, the dioramas are are lit, but everything else is black. So it's almost like you're looking at the, right. the part of the exhibit. So there's dark hallway that kind of goes down a ways. There's a few exhibits, and then the hall turns in in, in a couple different directions. 
Well, let's let's call out and see. Hello, hello, is anybody here? I'm going to give a knock on the desk and yell out, uh, Detective Lagrasse, are you around here? Yeah, no, no answer, but definitely I'm, an echo. No I'm telling you right now, I don't like wax museums. And if we walk in there and the proprietor is just standing there still and he jumps out at us, I swear to God, I'm going to punch him right in the face. <laughs> Do you hear that, mister, whoever you are? <laughs> whoever you are, whoever you are, whoever. Well, let's go take a walk. Who knows, maybe it could be in the basement or if there is one or God knows where. Oh, all right. Uh, I'll stay in the middle. Y'all can go first and second. I don't want nobody jumping out at me. No. I'll go first. What 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 sort of wax figures do we have here? Like I mean, I imagine it would be like uh Jack the Ripper. Uh, so uh so as you walk down the hall, what you actually see is almost like a progression of of Louisiana history. Um you've got um You've got the kind of the like the the, the Bienville and the settling of Louis of the Louisiana Territory, and then just you know the the wars, the you know the the first contact with the Choctaw Indians. You go down another diorama, and, and you start getting into Civil War type stuff. Um, you actually pass a, a vignette of um, uh, Marie Laveau, the, the the Voodoo Queen. So there's a, a vignette that, that you guys stop and, and look at. It's um, people who are coming to, um, they've got like a, like a sick girl with them. They're carrying like a sick child. And clearly in this, in this diorama, they're, they're asking Marie Laveau for help. And so she's got some things that got laid out there to like, and directing her to put the, the girl on the bed. And at each exhibit, there's a plaque that kind of tells you what you're seeing. So if you guys are paying attention as you go, there is kind of like a progression of, of Louisiana history. Um, a lot, okay. Several scenes yeah. on the Civil War, Robert E. Lee, and um, uh, now, what, what, did they, what did they say about the, the voodoo woman? Like, I mean, I like I said, I have a decent, uh, you know, I have, have a good knowledge of um, the occult. And you so, would know uh, a lot about Marie Laveau. She's yeah. I, I just want to. I yeah. I would just want to make sure that that they're being accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it uh, basically just says historical facts, like Marie Laveau, known as the, the quote, voodoo queen, you know, and then it has like the, you know, her birth date and death date was, uh, you know, is, is New Orleans's most famous voodoo priestess. So some of it is, some of it, some of what you're reading on the plaques is a little bit sensationalistic, um, okay. but, but nothing egregious, you know, and you would definitely have a, a lot okay. of affinity for Marie Laveau. Okay. That's 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 what I was looking for. Just making sure that nobody is like trashing your name or, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So you so you walk down a couple halls of this, and there's um there's uh you know still still nobody to be found, and then you see you get to the end of the hall, and you, and there's a sign that says "Chambre des Horreurs," which you would know you don't have to speak French to know that would translate to "Chamber of Horrors." Hmm. Chambre des Horreurs. Hmm. My my guess is that uh, that Remy suddenly feels like my hand grip his arm or something because I'm like I knew this was going to be part of it. <laughs> you guys head down that way. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I call yeah. out a game for him. I have yeah. been shot and chased, and now we're in this chamber of horrors. 
So if you head towards the, the, the Champ, Champ des Heureux, um, the, the narrow hallway starts to, it actually kind of narrows and it starts to twist and turn a little bit. And uh, um, some of the, the tableaus that you see now are um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, there is a Jack the Ripper, um, Phantom of the Opera, uh, uh, the, the scene of, from the climax of murders in the Rue Morgue of the, uh, of the, of the ape outside the window and very, very, very entertaining. And then at, at, you know, now you turn the corner again and um, uh, that you see actually uh, two men standing in front of a, another exhibit. Actually human people, men, people. Yeah. Like actual people. Okay. Yep. Oh, hello. Good evening. Inspector, is that you? It is. And as you get a little bit close, you have to get a little bit closer to make out faces because, you know, if you're not in one of the exhibits, everything else is shadow. But as you get a little bit closer, you all, you all do see two men. Um, one you would recognize from the party if you saw him as John Raymond McGrath. And uh, the other man, Alicia, you would recognize him from your shop earlier, dapper man in a suit. Uh, and Rose, you would notice this man from Marcel Boussel's hospital room. Okay. I wondered if that was going to be him. And, he's, and he smiles and, and says, I, I trust you enjoyed your, your tour through time. No. <laughs> and, and then and, and he, he laughs and says, my apologies. He says, uh, you know, the, uh, you only get the chance to experience this, this wonderful museum once. And we wanted you to have the opportunity to experience it in full atmosphere. I, 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 my guess is right around the corner there is one of those guillotines. <laughs> Indeed, uh, French Revolution. You say, well, you have to go to, you have to go to Madame Bus, you have to go to uh, Madame Tussauds in, in Paris to see that, which you know is was the inspiration for this place. We, oui. all right. <clears throat> and Lagrasse has work so lifelike. Can we like go someplace where it's? More light and uh... <laughs> well. Actually, what um, what what Legrasse says next is he says, I, I, "I thank you all for coming out." And he says, uh, he says, "I know you've all been through some some trials and, and tribulations." And uh, Miss Martinez, we've we've also been following your travels for some time now. And he says, "Allow me to introduce my companion." And uh, and uh, and the other man says, "He says, my friends. He says, my my apologies for the the cloak and dagger." He says, allow me to introduce myself. He says, my name is Etienne uh, Laurent de Marigny. And I'll, I'll write that in the chat. Uh, is that a last name that we would recognize as a powerful or famous last name? No, no. So, but that, so yeah, my, my name is Etienne Laurent de Marigny, and he says, uh, and, and again, I, I apologize for, uh, you know, for the for the mystery of of calling you all here tonight. He says, but uh, he says, but uh, the, the the detective and I do have urgent matters to discuss with you. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you actually, if you if you turn to look and and um, Legras gestures to the exhibit that they're standing in front of, and what you see is actually uh, a swamp scene and a wax figure that's coming out like holding a gun and he looks the wax figure looks like a lung, a younger version of of uh of the detective of Legrasse 
And in the scene, there is a, a, it's a swamp scene. There's uh, people that are like a kind of paper mache fire and they're dancing around it. And there's, uh, there's like this obelisk with a, a, a kind of a tentacle thing on top. And they're kind of like dancing around the obelisk and there's uh, the wax figure of Legrasse and a few other um, wax figures in police uniforms that are kind of coming towards them. Kind of like sneaking Mon out. Dieu. It's you, monsieur. It is. And he says, this, this was nearly 20 years ago that, uh, that I came across the, the revelation that, that we'd like to talk about with you tonight. You're a lucky man. Apparently you'll live forever now. Uh, well, we shall see. Hopefully New Orleans won't experience another great fire. Here's a question, because um, this happened, what, you said 20 years? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, of course, I wouldn't have been around, or I would have been a baby um, during that time, but my parents would have been around. Um, would they have spoken about this incident, or was this sort of kept hush-hush? No, it, it was in the papers. Um, it was a, uh, it was kind of a, a big, and it got sensationalized in, in the newspapers. You're it, probably, probably nothing that's would be like commonplace to, to talk about uh, among the family. I mean, think about just, um, you know, a, a true crime story from from 20 years ago. You know, if you if you if you follow that kind of thing, you might have heard of it. But okay. uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of cop out of you know out of character. A lot of cops in in New Orleans would know. Um, who Legrasse is, you know, he's, he's pretty famous and a lot of academic, you know, a lot of people in academia, like Leon, okay. who found it, it, it was just like sensationalized in the papers for a while and then it sort of died down. Yeah. But, okay. but can we, can we sort of imagine that it reinforced the common fear of the deep swamp? Things go on out there. See, oh, yeah. here in the newspaper, things go on out there. Well, I mean, my family would have definitely said, you know, stay away from the swamps and, you know, they, that that would have been more or less like legend for us. But okay. I, I was just trying to get a feel for um, what I might know about this. this particular and, he, and he says, oh, oh yes, indeed. Miss Martinez, there are, there are things in the swamp. He says, the, the, the cautionary tales that your parents told you when you were young to, to, to keep you out of the jaws of a gator, um, he says, there, there definitely are things to fear. Things like, uh, and he says, things like this. He says, this is the night that I stumbled across uh, the, the, the fact that there is something beyond. And then he, he looks at all of you and he says, Gabriel Fazan, Claude Lefebvre. Gabriel Fazan, hmm. making zombies with a mere herbal potion. Gabriel, and he says, Claude Lefebvre, uh, a man so wicked that his lust carried over into the afterlife in pursuit of his desire. Terrifying. Shift around a little bit uncomfortably. Yeah. And he says, terrifying, yes. terrifying to be sure, but also mundane in its own way. Really? I would think that something so bizarre and extraordinary would hardly be considered mundane. What if I told you that there are things out there even more bizarre and even more extraordinary and even more beyond comprehension than what you've encountered so far? Uh, I believe it. I'd, I'd believe it at this point. I'd like to not believe it, but 
What sort of things? He says, well, be, he says, well, therein lies the choice. He says, one can make the choice not to believe and try to go about your existence as, as, it's, as you've led it so far. He says, but if you want to delve deeper and, and, and know the truth, he says, you're, you're on the cusp. He says, what you've seen so far is just the tip of the iceberg. He says, and underneath is vast and unknowable, but, but it's there and it's real and it's up to, it's the business of the Green Crescent Society to dig deeper. I'm sorry, the Green Crescent Society? The Green, and, uh, and, and then uh, Laurent says, um, he says, it's an organization that we, that we founded here in New Orleans. And he says, and much like you, Professor, there's other members of the academic circles at Tulane and at Xavier and at Loyola who are already part of our group. And our mission is to stare into the abyss and, and to look deeper and to try and find what answers that we may. All right, you're starting to scare me here. No, what, what, what is this all about? I mean, I understand that you're, you're saying that we're gonna dive deeper into some sort of mysteries, but from my, from my understanding of these things, you don't really get a free lunch here. Uh, what, what's, what's the downside to all this? Insanity my friend. I'm afraid the professor is right, Miss Martinez. Surely We're halfway in there. In your travel so far, surely you've stumbled across some very mysterious and, 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 and unique singular occurrences in your short life. Well, well, I have. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not one of these new fangled, uh, new aging guys who think that God doesn't exist or, or that spirituality doesn't exist or anything like that uh you know i, I believe in the higher power so I, I sort of chalked it up to that i thought you know what i was coming across is strange of course but it has some sort of explanation to it you know well there are indeed higher powers and, and many of them in fact the mistake that human religions make is the error that these higher powers care about us that they're interested in our doings. Um, when the truth is, uh, these powers and the, the all too human acolytes they have who, who, who seek to bring them closer to our world, um, they, they, they care nothing for humanity or its preservation. They, they, they seek only chaos. That's what you see represented in, in this tableau. Is well, that... Is what, what, that what we're talking about? And I point to the statue. It's part of it. But it's not now, 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 when he points to the statue, I'll, I'll, I'll take a closer look at it. What am I seeing here? What you're seeing is, and again, like understand this is like a paper mache and, and, and you know, uh, wax figures and, and a paper mache diorama. But what it is, is, a, is kind of an obelisk with a, um, a, a thing on top of the obelisk that looks like some type of statue. And it looks kind of like an like an octopus. It's a it's a kind of a tentacled a tentacled thing. How does it make me feel when I see this? It, definitely uneasy, but you're not sure if it's the the atmosphere, you know, the experience of going through this deserted, weird museum, uh, not knowing what you're walking into, 
or the actual thing you're looking at. You can't be quite sure. Okay. But feels uneasy. You don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, that's for sure. Understood. Something like that, but so you know, also more, you know, more. It's it's crafted, right? So. Right. It's a representation of what the original actually looked like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The same. Uh, you know, the, these tableaus they're 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 like look like um, you know, at best a uh, a well-made stage set or actually the people that built these are, are some of the same people who who build like Mardi Gras float designs and stuff like that. So. You know, definitely lots of paper mache and painted, uh, you know, foam and, you know, stage boards and stuff like that. Anyway. Um, so he says, the, he says the, the Green Crescent, you know, our, our mission, and, and to answer your, your question quite directly, Ms. Martinez, as far as what do we want from you, is just to, to invite you, to invite you into our network and to share information. The, the, the answers that we seek uh, have have no bottom, and he says, and, and and like the professor said, we know that this could very well lead to to madness, and for many of our colleagues and peers, it has. For many of our colleagues and peers, it has has led to death, and and you have a choice, but you you've come this far, and that's why you're here tonight. All right, but now here's the thing, because I mean, you met me earlier in my shop, and. I need to make money. And I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not being too for it here or anything like that, but I understand that, you know, you, you, does, the, does this organization of yours, does it have any sort of uh, financial benefits? Something that I'm not saying that I can quit my day job and, and do this full time or, or whatever, but I mean, you're talking about different types of hazards that will drive an individual mad. And I, I can, I can understand that, particularly from from a occultic point of view. Um, some people just just don't have a the mind for for the occult. Um, that's why a lot of people tend to shun it. But I guess what I'm getting at here is, if I'm going to put my sanity on the line, is there hazard pay? <laughs> hazard and, and, and both both. Uh... Both Demarini and, and Legrasse laugh, and, and they say, "Oh, uh, Miss Martinez." So if you're really, if you're looking for a, another career opportunity, we can assure you there is another war on the horizon where, where women will definitely be able to find work. Uh, he says, as far as the Green Crescent is concerned and the business that we're about, uh, he says that the the, the 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 payment is wisdom and and knowledge, and he says, and the career is what you choose to do with that. Okay, I mean, and again, I'm, it's not like I'm trying to make a full-on career where I'm trying to, I don't want to seem like I'm trying to milk money from you guys, but what I'm asking here is if, if we're doing any sort of investigation for you, if we're deep, diving deeper in here, is there any sort of resources that we could use uh, that oh. you might be able to provide? Well, we, we are a network, and so we may... You know, we, we may, we, we, we're about sharing information. Uh, we're about secrecy. We're, we're about trying to do what we can in our small ways to, to protect this city and, and in, in, in some sense to, to try to protect humanity. So, I mean, if we, if we ever needed help, I mean, we could 
come back to you guys and you might be able to provide something. That's that's really what I'm asking. Madame. We take care, we take I, care I, of I, Madame, I would highly suggest, Monchery, that you go back to your shop and you ignore what these men are saying. We, the rest of us, we have encountered terrors and they're oh, no, talking they, about they, things that are they, much worse. They just sparked my... No, you don't... You don't, you you don't put the carrot in front of the horse and expect it not to chomp season, down on it. Season your curiosity because when you go down this path, you will never be able to come back from it. Well, that's the, that's the trick about knowledge. Once you learn something, you can't unlearn it. Not without there are things that are better not known. Well, Plus, too, I think we're lucky to be alive after some of the stuff we've been through. So, and we didn't go seeking it. We, uh, we stumbled across it, and God help us. What say the rest of you? I agree with my colleagues. There are some things that I wish I hadn't seen up to this point. Look at look at poor Rose there. She can barely sing. Oh, you're a singer. Well, yes, I am. Oh, you're going to have to sing a tune for me. That's It'll just be about death. <laughs> Most likely. It's all, it's all melancholy nowadays. Poor poor Remy <laughs> can hardly drink anymore. <laughs> and chicken, he's terrified of chicken feet. And, <laughs> says, and, and, and what say you, detective? I hear stories all about here. You guys are going to have to fill me in. If you don't mind, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you don't know me. I, I I'm, I'm sort of butting into your, your group here, but I'm intrigued. I am intrigued, and and I will turn to the two gentlemen, and I will say that I am intrigued enough to pursue this. I understand the the, the dangers of um, of hidden knowledge, but you guys have me curious now, and you know. We may not be able to protect you, Moshari. It's, it's that's that's the chance that I'm willing to take. Yeah, I will professor. say this. I will say this that if um, if I were to take your advice and go back to my shop and try to ignore this, I wouldn't be able to because in the back of my head, I'm going to constantly be wondering, what if, and that's going to drive me mad. That's a different type of madness too. Well, Miss Madame, if you insist, I cannot stop you, but I don't think that we can protect you from knowledge. There's no way. Well, there's, yeah. And again, I, you know, I don't want to sound uh, offensive, but, you know, I'm not asking for protection here. I, I'm going into this understanding that there is some sort of risk here. But I do appreciate your concern. Don't, don't think I'm not appreciate your concern i i do appreciate your concern well we certainly can't let the young lady go on alone not knowing what she's going to get herself into professor uh we have had things happen to us that might have happened whether or not we had knowledge this way if we have knowledge (laughs) and understanding and salt things that happen to us 
might not yes, have. Yes, Miss Martinez, we have uh, we have learned that salt is a great protection against evil. Yes, and I always care some of the first now. And as Etienne says, it has its uses. Yes, terrible for your blood pressure. I don't worry about that. Oh, do people even know that nowadays? <laughs> What and he and he says so. Lagrasse says, what, "What what do you think, Sanderson? What do you make of all this?" So well, I appreciate the phone call, and uh, we want whatever we can do to help. And he says, um, "He says, well, Miss Martinez, uh, all of you." He says. The important thing to know is that you have a choice in all this. It's like, we're not asking you for any definitive answer right now, only to extend an invitation. Since the rest is entirely up to you. Monsieur, we have read the first two chapters of the book. We can't not read the third. So I'm in. I don't want to be, but I'm in. I want to know what this is about, even if it kills me. And he says, and, and none of us know how this book ends, but you know, for, for Lagrasse and I, we must read on. We're looking for brave souls to read with us. I want well, to be ready guys, for the next Claude Lafave. You guys mentioned this book. I mean, I'm totally clueless. What, what book are you talking about? I, I was speaking figuratively. didn't notice that much. The first chapter... In the first chapter, <laughs> we fought off zombies. Not pretend zombies, real zombies. They injured us. Our friend I Chef... Know I know about zombies. Our friend Chef at Pardue's was severely injured. The second thing we fought off, chapter two of the book, was a hungry ghost pirate. He was, after, wanted to have his way with uh, uh, Mademoiselle Noble, and a uh, number of other women in our care. And there was very little we could do to stop him. How did was, you stop him? He was a ghost. Uh, you know, it's really not quite clear how we stopped him. Uh, is, that, is that where you use the salt? I know the salt. No, the salt was on the zombies. They didn't like the salt. Um, the um, We had, madam, are you familiar with... Uh, uh, Mother Santiago. There you go. I can't remember. I couldn't remember her name. Mother Santiago, the spiritualist, mm -hmm. at the church across town. Yeah. Yes, we she helped her us help drive the thing away. Maybe I should have it. I mean, if we're going to come across something similar, perhaps we should have a talk with her. Get a bit more. I think she the would. I think that we're the last people in the world she wants to see. It was all oh. we could do to get her to come to the tree, to the place where the girl was buried. Why? What did you guys do to her? We did nothing. She came up against the creatures that we were up against. I don't she think that she expected the level of monstrosity that came at us that night. Well, you know what? Let me, let me I mean... She's she's an old friend of, of, of my, my mother. So, you know what? Let me, um, if I get a chance to, let me talk to her and see what type of information I can get from her. Even if she doesn't join us on this this uh, 
investigation. I mean, and if she tells you that you should go back to your shop and not follow what we're doing, will you do it? She probably will say that. And she should know me well enough that I'm not going to listen to it. She knows about my curiosity. She knows that I'm one of these these types that won't stop until I find out. Well, you know, Madame, what they said about curiosity. It drove the cat to fits. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he says, and catnip brought it back. Well, I thought it was satisfaction that brought the cat back, but same thing, dear. <laughs> Only eight times. The last time it didn't work. <laughs> so Etienne says, "Ladies and gentlemen," he says, "I want to." Thank you for your time tonight. He says, I do hope that you'll consider this offer and we'll, we'll be back in touch with you when the time is appropriate. I do hope your chapter three is safe. Mm -hmm. And with that, we shall bid you adieu. Good. Let's get the hell out of this place. And uh, I, I need a drink. To the bourbon barrel. I actually haven't had any. Suck that. I, I prepared, you know, I got ready earlier tonight. I didn't stop in to have dinner or anything, so I wouldn't mind a bite to eat as well. As um, Monsieur Pascal runs the bourbon barrel. Uh, it's a very nice place. Okay. Let's hope you don't get hit by the coconut. That's right. Sure, we could uh, whip you something up, uh, Miss Alicia. Oh. So I'd say after, yeah, after, after the stress of this, you guys feel much better once you get back out in open air. Uh, it is still very balmy at night in September. Um, so you head over to Bourbon Barrel. Um, you guys can decide how you want to uh, cut loose or, or, uh, or celebrate for the evening. Um, so we'll uh, assume that you guys enjoy a night of, a night of fun. Yeah. Well, of, of forgetting all about the shit. <laughs> Might as well. And Rosa, a lot of people are asking you to sing tonight. Will you, uh, will you do, do the crowd the, the honor of taking the stage? My character will. Yes. Yeah, I'm not yes. going to ask you that. No. Even though it'd be great, maybe for the last episode. Uh, you know. That'd be great. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Well, let's so let's say it's a it's really it turns out to be a raucous night. Um, lot lots of great jazz this evening. Um, uh, you know we've got Ooh Smooth Gilly back on the bass, and uh, and the the band that you saw at Alice's party is actually here tonight. And uh, you know a little Dead Man Stomp gets played uh, to much to the crowd's delight. Uh, still very uh, very popular among uh, among the jazz scene right now. And, uh, and at some point tonight, uh, John Jerry, you've got to work tomorrow, so you'll, you'll probably head home at some point and, and, um, and uh, maybe, uh, uh, maybe Leon, you, you might decide that you want to uh, introduce uh, uh, Miss Martinez to Chef Pardue's uh, wonderful shrimp and grits maybe over breakfast and Remy yeah. business is great overnight. And uh, Rose, you're, you get like lots of uh, great tips um, so you're able to make some money uh, singing and uh, really spending some great time with it with a jazz band and it, it's, it's a great night of music. So, uh, and then you find yourself at um, at about six in the morning, just uh, kind of the last person in in the speakeasy as uh, as Remy is kind of 
locking his money away in the safe and the the bandit has packed up their stuff to go home. So it's uh it's just uh you guys are the last two uh, soldiers standing in, in the morning when it's time to shut down. <sighs> I'm beat. I hear it was a fun night though, and certainly mm-hmm. business was good. Mm-hmm. For you and me. So as you guys set to um, set to lock up and you walk out onto Bourbon Street and, and you know, the, the sun is up, even though it's very early in the morning, you actually see a, a pretty large crowd gathered, uh, which is unusual for this time of morning. Ooh, What's uh, going on over there? I was just about to ask you the same thing. Hmm. Should we head over there and check it out? Let's. So as, as, as you go over there and there's, there's actually like a, a, a crowd that are, are kind of like looking over each other and um, trying to trying to see what's doing. Okay. So I'll kind of push my way to the front of the crowd, just casually moving people out of the way, trying to work my way up. Hey, what, what you doing, Remy? Is that Mo Willie? Yeah, it's Mo Willie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's you, Rose? Well, yes. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, it's nice to see y'all again. Ain't it, ain't it terrible what's happened? What's going on? Uh, you ain't seen? No. Hey, make, make, make way for Remy and Rose, y'all. He says, y'all get up to the front. He says, dead, been, dead bodies. Oh, no. Well, Willie, what are, you, what are you talking about, dead bodies? Yeah, they got four dead bodies. Okay. So we'll kind of walk our way up to the front then. It was terrible. And then, and then there's like some kind of civilians at, at the front. They're like, everybody, everybody stand back. Well, we got to wait for the, uh, for the police to get here, y'all. We got to wait for the police. But you see blood everywhere and with that we're gonna cut uh john jerry morning time your phone rings good morning hello sanderson yeah hey it's uh it's uh leblanc down from the precinct oh thank you for the call hey you got to get down to bourbon street we got a bad one okay sounds good i'll leave in five we got we got a four body murder oh jeez. So you'll you'll pack, pack up, yep. kind of head head down to the crime scene. Yep. All right. So um, as you get down there, you see. Um, what we'll kind of fast forward a little bit, and, and once you get there, you see a, a big crowd gathered. There's a couple of uniforms on in the scene, and they're trying to keep the crowd back. But you got a lot of people who are, you know, nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. So you've got other people coming over and trying to see what's going on. <clears throat> what do you do? Okay, so the first thing I'll do, I'll try to get behind the police that are keeping the crowd back and just try to find out who's who's sort of standing around in charge. So, Yeah, so you kind of flash your badge to get through yeah. the crowd a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Cool, so you um, so you see Officer uh, Byrne, who, who you know. Okay. Douglas Byrne is kind of the, 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 the responding officer. Can walk up to him. Morning, Burns. What the hell's going on here? Oh man, what a fucked up morning, Sanderson. So this so, is a mess, and you, and you can see, you know, you can see um, blood. You, you see a, a lot of blood, but it's starting to rain. Um, okay. So there's actually like like blood rivulets kind of going by your feet. And by the time you get there, they're actually like putting putting bodies into the ambulance. Okay, so how many bodies were there? Four. Four bodies. It looks like some kind of. I don't know, some kind of animal attack. Oh, shit. 
Okay, well, let's move the bodies. Let's try to do the, uh, the best we can here before the rain causes us any more problems. We can't examine them here. The crowd's getting too uh, restless. I was going to say, what did you notice? I was going to say, who discovered the bodies here? Uh, it's just some, some uh, people coming out of the bars, you know, once, once the, these bars closing down at, at, at sunrise, people coming out. Saw, saw three bodies back there in the alley and another body down that way in any kind of points down, like down the block. And you see like clearly a, a blood trail. The body from over here has already been packed away and they're, they're trying to get the other bodies in bags before, yeah. um, you know, before the rain interferes with the evidence too much. Okay, I asked him if there is a specific witness who, who might have called it in, or is it just crowds of people who might have found it this morning? Oh, yeah, Every, everybody's talking. So there's a crowd. It's, it's kind of chaotic, and so that's why yeah. you're trying to kind of keep everybody in order, trying to okay. find out who's who, who saw what. There's reporters from the Times-Picayune, so you see yeah. these flash bulbs go off, and it, it's kind of a it's kind of a scene, you know, the police said, everybody get back. And then, um, uh, you know, you got somebody yelling at you, the detective, can you, can you tell us about what happened here for the Tom's picky you? And that, and that's the scene that you're in right now. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I was going to say the first reporter who starts questioning, I'm just going to say, listen, we're, okay, we're looking into this right now. As soon as we find details, we'll let you know. Okay. So we're going to, um, we're going to flip over then to, um, to Chef Pardue's restaurant for the breakfast crowd. And we've got Leon and uh, we've got Leon and Alicia. Um, Alicia, that you are treated to the best coffee and chicory that you've had in a long time and some pretty amazing shrimp and grits and mm. omelet. And uh, just, uh, you know, Chef uh, Pardue is, seems like a really nice man and re really excited that Leon has a friend finally. Oh, this is delightful. Thank you, thank you so much. So well, it's my pleasure, of course. Um, but to answer your question, no, I, I, what I teach is linguistics of various languages. Um, I'm what they call a polyglot. I speak or, most or, of the Romance languages. A, and, uh, so, so you're a cunning linguist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, need to, we need to speak later, privately. <laughs> um, and so Chef comes over and he says, and he says, Leon, and he, and he looks at Alicia, and he's, hold, he's holding a newspaper. He's like, have you seen, have you seen this morning's Tom Pick yet? No. And what's, he, what's in the newspaper, Mommy? And he, and he, he kind of gives a glance over to Alicia and says, is she, she okay with this? Oh, we, oui. yeah. And he says, take a look at this, and he shows you this. Mon Dieu. Four slain in animal attack on Bourbon Street. Police responded to a grisly sight in the pre-dawn hours as a vicious animal of some sort maimed and killed three locals and a visiting tourist in the French Quarter last night. Uh, the victims were Emily Graham and Regina, Regina Meru, uh, both local women well known to area police as ladies of ill repute. Uh, that means prostitutes, you know. And uh, Andrew McDonald, an area poet. Their bodies were found in an alley off Bourbon Street between St. Anne's and uh, Orleans, showing clear signs of being attacked by a large, currently unidentified animal, probably a gator. Uh, 
A fourth victim, Mordecai Waitley of Massachusetts. Waitley, that name sounds very familiar. I, I lived in Massachusetts for uh, a good portion of my life. Uh, was found dead on Orleans, about half a block south towards Rue Royale. Uh, it's unknown what Mr. Waitley uh, was doing in the area in the wee hours, although police suspected he was attacked with the other victims and fled, as a trail of blood links him to the alley where the others were found. All the victims suffered savage wounds from the claws and fangs of a large animal. Hmm. Police suspect this to be the work of a cougar. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, after finding bloody feline tracks at the scene, unfortunately, it started to rain shortly after the attack, ruining any chances of tracking the animal. Bloodhounds were brought in, but were unable to pick up any scent. Police were turning their attention towards uh, Albon Zoo, Audubon Zoo, to check for signs of any recent escaped big cats. Now, um, oh, Alicia, you you might know the name Andrew McDonald. He is just a, a poet. Um, you know, if you, if you roll around in uh, bohemian circles at all, um, you, you might know that name. And Rose, you would definitely know him just as, as an acquaintance. Um, you know, he's around the speakeasies and the, um, you know, the coffee shops and, and stuff like that. So he, he might be a, you know, you, you might know him. He might even be a friend of yours. You know, as, as word is getting around the crowd and spreading while, while you're there, they're in the restaurant, and all these kind of rumors and talk about what's going on are starting to kind of fly around. So what, what about the young women, the uh, ladies of ill repute, as they call them? We call them La Chica de la Noches. <laughs> um, are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. Like, what about, would what, what I, what I have known them maybe growing up or something like that? Um, probably not. A lot of, uh, a lot of um, the demi mall in New Orleans is, is transient. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm still saddened by, by the loss of that, like, you know, the lives of, of these young ladies trying to survive, you know, in this society and in this time period. So, Well, we are right on the, the river, right on the swamp. I would have guessed yeah. the gator almost immediately, but... Uh, well, I, w I was thinking the same thing, too. They say um, feline tracks. That's... That's very strange, actually. That just a... Yeah. So there's a lot of terrible wild, terrible wild animals out there. So let's flip, flip back over to the crime scene. So, um, again, lot, lot, lots of, you know, already just rumors. And, you know, as we all know, there's nothing funner than talking to the police when you're not the one in trouble. And that's kind of what's going on. You know, everybody said, I, I saw this and I saw that. And, um, and so Rose and Remy, you actually see Sanderson show up and, and he's talking to the uniform and the uni, uh, you know, he, he's like, yeah, Sanderson, we got, we got, uh, he's like, here's what I can tell you. He's like, we got four Vicks, uh, Andrew McDonald, Emily Graham, Regina Moreau, uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, prostitutes. Uh, and then uh, a, a tourist from Massachusetts. Uh, uh, and he looks at his notepad and he's like, we found ID on him. Uh, more, uh, more, Mordecai, Watley, Waitley, I don't know, no, none of these names that uh, ain't from New Orleans make sense to me. Uh, Mordecai, Watley, and, and he says, we get them all um, bagged up down the charity, uh, and, uh, and uh, it looks like uh, cat, some kind of cat footprints were found at the scene. Uh, we, 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 he's like, our, our early theory is 
some uh, some animal escaped from the ottoman. Uh, so I guess we'll kind of wave over to John Jerry and be like, John, John Jerry, it's it's us, it's it's Remy and Rose. Okay, so what I do is walk over to them. John Jerry, we heard there's been a been a series of murders. Is is everything all right? Oh, this is just a shit show here. It's going to say four people. It's going to say the the weather's not helping us here. They're packing up the bodies to go to you know bring them down to the corner to take a look at. Uh, they're saying talk about animal prints around here and stuff like that. So uh, trying nice. to get cleaned up as, yeah. as fast as possible and get out of here so we can so they can take a better look at the body. So something stuff. This doesn't seem right. Like an animal wouldn't come out here and just kill four people in one spot. So so I'll kind of lean in and say that that certainly sounds terrible. But you suspect anything unusual, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, this I think this is sort of right up our, you know, right up the creek with the stuff we've been dealing with. So, I know and we'll see what happens when they do the autopsies. And, and Mo Willie says, if, if, if some guy out of the zoo came down here and did all this, we got to find it and kill it. But I, I can't believe uh, animal bust out the zoo, come down to the French quotas. Well, I agree with you there. Unless so. he was looking for a shoe shine. Yeah. <laughs> I know where you got them shoe shine. Uh, He's like, I, I definitely ain't shining those paws that did all this. <laughs> well, we certainly don't want to interrupt your investigation, John, Jerry. Uh, so we'll, we'll get out of your way. But, hey, you let us know if there's anything we can do. Oh, to yeah. oh definitely. Definitely. Okay, well, I go back, talk, talk to birds about sending uniforms out, looking for, you know, just in case it's a, a wild animal. But as everything gets cleaned up here, I guess bodies, actually wherever the bodies are going to be sent back to the morgue, whatever, I'll just go back there. So. So do you get, so it's going to take a little bit of time. You said yeah. we got to get them down there and tag them, and then you can come yeah. check them out later. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. I'll drop by later on this afternoon. All right. And then, and then a, a man that's kind of the chief of your, um, of your, uh, uh, of your district comes out, you know, suit and everything, and uh, he he's a Sanderson. He's like, I want to, I'm going to have you run point on this one. Yeah, okay, thank you, sir. He says, if this, sure this figured out. He says, if this if this was some kind of escape animal from from the zoo he says i he says we need to find it put it down before yeah. we get more bodies laying around the quarter oh definitely okay. we're already talking to the uniforms they're going to start looking looking around for it we'll get this figured out soon no worries sir okay. all right so what, what do we want to do next guys do we want to try and reconnect or yeah i'm thinking we should probably reconnect well remy hasn't slept yet so he needs to go to bed for at least a few hours. <laughs> I'm going to try and find the others. I assume they're going to be at Chef's. And then I'm going to get some shut-eye, too. Because it's getting to be too much for me. All right. So then if, if I'm sitting there with uh, Alicia, um, I look over and I say, oh, there's Rose. Rose. Oh, what a night. Join us for breakfast. Have you seen the news? 
Uh, I saw this in Have the you newspaper. Heard? Were you talking about this, uh, the four murders? Yes. We weren't very far from there. And I, I recognize one of the names. I, the poet. There was a poet among them. You recognize him too. I, I couldn't quite place him, but yeah, I, I, I recognize the name as well. You recognize the poets. Yes, of course. Hmm. I, I am a book dealer after all. I, uh, I'm pretty sure I recognize at least one of the names. The, the name Waitley uh, has a somewhat uh, dark reputation in uh, New England. Um, and there's a branches of the family we usually refer to as the, uh, the un, undiluted or undig- undegenerated family. They're okay, but there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of inbreeding, if you know what I mean. It's everywhere. But, uh, but, um, Rem, Remy's gone to get some shut-eye, and John Derry's, he's in charge of the investigation. Oh my goodness, Rose, have you been up all night? Yes, yes I have. Life of a performer. It's true. C'est la vie. It's, it's not easy being so adorable. Well, you should go get some sleep. Yes, I will. Did you want to eat something before you go? Oh, thank you. I want the beignets. beignets. <laughs> They're so good. Beignets. Mm. Oh, hi, uh, Chef. So the, hi, Rose. How did, how did you know? You saw it in the newspaper? Well, actually, Remy and I were walking home from the speakeasy. So we you just actually saw where it happened? We saw, yes, we saw, well, I don't know what we saw. <laughs> uh, there was blood everywhere, and there was a crowd, and Mo Willie was there. Remember him, right? Mo, Mo Willie. Mo Willie's the, um, the shoeshine boy. I don't know if you've uh, ever had your shoeshines. Uh, no, I shine, I, I shine my own shoes. I'm not that wealthy. Um, he's quite a character. How so? You'd have to meet him. He's just quite a character. He's one of a kind. Okay. His uh, good guy though. Good oh guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Source of information sometimes. Hmm. Uh, he has this little trick that he plays on his customers, uh, first-time customers. He uh, he claims that he can tell you exactly where you got your shoes. Hmm. Don't take him up on it. No. He'll win every time. That might be an interesting uh, proposition. <laughs> I have to meet this guy. That's a full of, uh, of, of wonder. Oh, it's not wonder. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you guys have secret societies. You've got interesting people that you meet that can as far as this uh, Crescent Club, uh, uh, this is the first we've heard of it. We mm-hmm. heard of it when you heard of it. We just, we've all gone through a bit of crap together, and that's how we've become friends. And now you are part of our group. It's nice to have another lady in, in, in the band. Well, Let me looks- tell 
it looks like I'm in good company. I mean, as far as, you know, so far you've, I mean, particularly you, you've, you've treated me to, to uh, breakfast and I mean, you, you've treated me like a, you know, you're a perfect gentleman there. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm in good hands here. Well, Meta, um, you know what? Outside the game for a moment. What I call her, Madame, that's a married woman, isn't it? What I call her, Mademoiselle, that's a little girl. Yeah, I think <clears throat> Mademoiselle would be a, a it would be like Ms. Right? So right. Like a woman. You call it, you call her Mademoiselle. Uh, maybe I'll just keep calling you Mon Chéri. I like that anyway. Um, yeah, the uh, Madame would be a married woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. Um, right, I'm going to get some shot an, an older woman, but right. Yeah. Um, what time, uh, Moshe? Does your uh, shop open? Uh, I open around nine a.m. No. So you still have some time. I, and you know exactly where to uh, to find me as well. So I have never been to your shop. I would like to come and see it. Just oh, please. Um, I'm you know I'm open for business. And um, while you're in there, if you see something to your liking, please do buy. I, I'm trying to impress my parents here. Ah, uh, I understand. Well, well um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to mention that the thing is that they're they're sort of up in age, and you know they they're ready for for retirement. Um, father's kind of nervous handing the business over to me, since I really haven't had any sort of practice or knowledge of actually running a business. Mm. So if I'm bringing in more customers, you know, and somebody buys something, then. Perhaps I can ease his mind a bit. The key to the best commerce is to be as friendly and polite to the customers as possible. They'll keep coming back. Well, I'm already doing that. Just um, well, uh, I, have, I, don't... I have people come in browsing like, like uh, the gentleman that we met earlier, but nobody really buying anything nowadays. Um, well, the economy. Yeah, and it's not it's not close to any sort of uh, major holiday or anything either. So, that could... well, would you do me the honor of having lunch with me this afternoon? Absolutely. Then I shall, I shall come and pick you up at your, uh, your shop. Yeah. Thank you. It'd be a pleasant interruption to my afternoon. And now if you ladies will excuse me, I do have a few small errands I have to run this morning. Um, Rose, uh, Alicia, and uh, I, I leave. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, everybody kind of goes their, their separate ways then. Uh, send us, you're, you're on the case and you can decide if you want to, you know, enlist anybody else's help in this. We're kind of in a, out of game, we're, we're kind of in a sandbox now. So, um, I'm not going to give you a lot of direction uh, unless you need it. 
I, I'm wandering over towards where the murder was. <laughs> yeah, so you see just, you know, just crowds of people gathered, and uh, this is just re- a really exciting situation that, and, uh, you know, everybody's kind of got that, like, nervous excitement around, like, when you're in close proximity, to something awful happening, but, you know, you're, you're not directly affected, you know, and there's some, some people, you do see some people crying, there are some other, like, like uh, girls and, and women and stuff out there that, you know, by their reactions and body language that maybe they knew some of the victims or, or a victim. Um, other people are just, um, like you're hearing all kinds of crazy talk about just walking by crowds around like, uh, uh, you know, there was a, there was a uh, you know, this crazy escape animal from a zoo came and did all this and, and tore those poor people up and all this kind of stuff. We gotta, we gotta find it. <clears throat> Okay, so after talking to birds earlier, so I would have asked for uniforms to start patrolling, you know, in cases of an animal. Uh, they've already left the bodies. Um, I see Leon walking over now, so I'm going to go, I'm going to try to sneak over, talk to him. Oh, mon ami. How are you doing, John Jerry? Oh, I going to say it's, it's, it's going to be a long day. Anyhow, it's going to say they've taken the bodies away, and I know they're going to be looked at. I can probably go down later on this afternoon uh, and take a look at them after their autopsies and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to start patrolling around here, you know, trying to check out, trying to see what I can find. Obviously, this isn't just some animals. Something else is going on around here. Well, the uh, the newspaper said that it, you, they thought it was a cougar. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's everything that's happened lately, and, uh, and considering, you know, we, uh, it's going to say Detective McGrath. Um, yeah, that was a weird So I'm going to try to give him, uh, I'm sure I should be able to you know, have a way of contacting him, or I will assume that he might get in contact with me pretty soon after. after well, you should be able to contact him through the police department. Yeah, exactly. So once I go back to the station, so I'm just going to take a look around the area here, then afterwards head back to the station. They have the uniforms. Do you mind if I walk with you? Oh, sure. For sure, you. come with me. Cool. So, so I'd like the company, so. So, Alicia, were you headed back to your shop um, b- before you meet up with Leon later for lunch? Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. A- a- as you head towards work then to open the store, um, you would, like, you would notice there's a lot of people milling about, and you're also hearing a lot of talk of, um, and then, like, maybe people who work on the block or something, they're outside their shop, and they're talking about it, and they want to call you over to gossip and, and say, oh, Alicia, did you, did you hear what happened over on Bourbon? I heard. Yep. You know, and your I, shop would be just probably about maybe maybe a block and a half, two blocks away. Your your shop would be on Royal Street, which is just a couple streets over from Bourbon. Yeah. So like like I'll I'll say yeah I I heard of you know heard what happened. Um, but I'm I'm not going to completely engage. I'm going to do a, a lot of listening rather than um, talking. So if anybody says something like oh well I seen. X, Y, and Z, you know, I'll, I'll sort of uh, keep my ears open for that. Yeah. Yeah, you're also hearing talk about, um, uh, you know, the, the zoo and um, and uh, it, you, you hear the name Congo come up somewhere. And then uh, just uh, people just seem like really like, it, like, like excited because again, they're, you know, in proximity to like a, a crazy thing happening, but also people are pretty angry, even though like, even if they don't know the victims, um, 
And then uh, you hear her talk about, like, I heard one of them was a, a, you know, a tourist from, from New York. And somebody else is like, I heard it was Massachusetts. And, and, and somebody else is, ah, oh, Yankees are all the same. And so just all, all kinds of crosstalk. Okay. So, um, uh, Leon and John Jerry, do you guys want to, where, where do you want to walk to? Do you want to kind of explore the crime scene? Do you want to talk to people? Do you want to? I'm following Jerry. He's doing his job, so. Yeah. Okay, what I'm going to do is actually check the crime scene. Um, I'm going to let the, I was going to say I'm going to let the uniforms kind of do the talking to people because I'm sure it's overwhelming. They probably have 20, 30, 40 people out saying, I need this, I need that. So I'm going to try to go look at, I don't know, the other evidence before it gets wrecked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I want to check out where the, the area where the three bodies were because you were saying that it looked like the one body was sort of dragged off. So I want to, I want to try to look at that stuff before it gets basically the crime scene gets destroyed. And, and I'm kind of thinking if it was a cougar, where could it have been, you know, up on a roof, jumping down on them? Or... Yeah. I think, I think we'll have the answer for that after they look at the bodies later. So, you know, this just seems to, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, too so... much weird stuff happening. Yeah, so you, so you, you would actually see like markers where the bodies were. Yeah, and you know there's crime scene tape. Um, so you see three markers in the alley um, where the uh, two prostitutes and the poet were killed, and then kind of out of the alley and starting to go around the block out towards kind of St. Anne Street and, and Royal Street. You see that's where the fourth marker is, and so uh, Douglas Byrne, who was the you know, the first officer on scene says that's where, you know, essentially where they, where they found all the bodies, you know, three, three in the alley, one headed down the street, like he was kind of, kind of either running away from the rest or just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. We're not sure yet. Yeah. Um, but, and then, and then somebody walking by tells you, he says, yeah, those bodies was fucked up. Says a bystander. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go talk to the bystander. Hey, what did you see here? What are you talking about? All those bodies was toe up. By what? What did he see? Well, I, I, I seen there's blood everywhere before it started raining, and you can and if you're looking, you can see there are like some place where like the the, the street is stained, but yeah. you know most of the the blood that like Remy and Rose would have seen have has just kind of been washed away, you know, into, into the street or in gutters or whatever. Um, he says, yeah, it looks like something that 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 cat or whatever it was got got those poor people good. So what time did you see this today? Oh, I, I was coming out the Bourbon Street Barrel. What time? Oh, about, I'd say it was about 5.30. 5.30, that's when it, I was going to say, when you saw this, was there already a crowd of people around here? Uh, not not yet, not yet. But then um, then I heard a, a, a woman was walking by and she screamed. And then uh, other people came out and some of the people came out there's houses. I just wonder if anybody heard last night when it happened. Yeah, it seems beautiful. Well, we'll go talk to the the other uniform guy, maybe some of the other witnesses try to get time here. So, okay, I'm gonna go back uh, talk to Burns and ask him if he talked to any of the witnesses who actually or you know around what time they might have actually found the bodies. Yeah, and he says, "Yeah, we're not we're we're, we're not sure exactly what what the time of death was. Sometime during the night, um, the, the 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 first people started walking by, 
um, somewhere around sunrise, around sunrise. Okay. So we're not sure exactly when it happened. Hmm. How horrible. With the victims' names, have they been uh, tied together at all? Did they know each other? Or did anybody, I was going to say, has anybody uh, spoken up here saying they know the victims? Well, yeah, the, 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 the two girls, um, the, the two girls are, 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 have been around the French Quarter for a little while, kind of working a stroll. Uh, and then this other guy is just part of that bohemian crowd. Um, we don't know too much about the tourists. Um, sounds like a couple people have seen them around uh, over the last few days um, and, uh, and uh, seen them walking around, uh, driving around. He's looking at his notes. Um, a couple people uh, saw a car that he was driving. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, at this point, we don't know too much about him other than he's from, uh, what's his, uh, from his identification. It looks like uh, Dun Dunwich, Massachusetts. Can I see the ID? Mm-hmm. So it shows it to you. Yeah. Is it a driver's okay. license? Yeah. Huh. Okay, so this was the body that was sort of dragged away from the... Uh, I thought this body was separate from the other ones. Well, we're not sure if he was uh, dragged away, if he ran away, or was just yeah. in the wrong place at the wrong time, but he was, um, he was um, pretty much ripped in half. When we first got here, his, his guts was all over the place. I oh. had never seen nothing like that. And I, and I was in the war. Yeah. I was going to say, this is going to be bad for tourism around here, that's for sure. Jeez. I was going to say, people just knew, um, you know, just the like, outside guy uh, walking around. Well, the French Quarter ain't, ain't, ain't never been a safe place, but this is, yeah. this, is yeah. too, this is going too far. Okay, just make sure all the stuff gets to the station, all the, all the IDs, everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need no more bad press out after this. Paper's still talking about those people that went and uh, shot up Purdue's restaurant a few months back. Yeah. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is actually is actually hang around sort of until the well, I'd say this area sort of cleaned up. You know, wait until the the, the crowd disperses. Try to talk to more witnesses. Uh, try to check around the area, see if I can find any more prints, tracks, IDs, any any anything that I know, any objects, anything from the witnesses or anything like that. So I'm just going to put the morning in and, and hang right there. You know, John Jerry, <clears throat> there's one little bit of this that I might know something about. And hey, go uh, ahead, man. Well, I mentioned the other night, the other day, that uh, the name Waitley has got a rather sour reputation back on the eastern seaboard uh the town of dunwich doubly so it's got a bad reputation bad folks come out of dunwich well uh, you know i was going to say for this fellow right here if he's from dunwich i don't know uh that's not a good sign what the hell is he doing here yeah so because what was this guy's name again Mordecai Waitley. Okay, so that was the guy that was killed? Yeah. Ripped okay. in half, according to yeah. what your friend has said. So, it might just be a weird coincidence, but... Huh. 
I guess when we get back to the station, try to look look up this guy, see if we can find anything. But if he's if he's hanging around here from Dunwich and has no reason, we're we're all starting to fancy ourselves as being some sort of investigators of weird stuff. Maybe we should all get together for dinner tonight and chit chat yeah, about this strange stuff. You know what? That sounds like a good idea, and I'm going to give uh, Detective Cross some sort of like Rose uh, call when I get back to the station. All right. So. I'll uh, I'll slip a I'll slip a note under Miss Miss Noble and uh, and uh, Pascal's door. They'll get it when they get up later. I'm going to yeah. see Miss uh, Martinez uh, for lunch today, so I'll tell her what the plans are. Um, do you want to eat at Purdue's again, or should we try something else? I, I, I like I like Purdue's, but. You know what? Pick whatever you want. I, I'm, I'm not going to have much of a stomach for anything today. So. <laughs> you know what? Let's go by Cafe, Cafe de Monde and sure. uh, Sounds good. have coffee and stuff. Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right. Yeah. Actually, before I go check it, you know, before I go down to Morgue as well, I'm going to try to you know, see if I can get a hold of LaGrosse and uh, try to see if he'll come with me to check this out. Maybe I've got a feeling this might connected to some of the stuff he's been involved with beforehand. So. And I'm just going to head over to my office at uh, university. Sounds good. We'll meet up later on. Cool. So Byrne, uh, Byrne gives you like his, his, you know, he gives you his notes um, to take with you for the investigation. He's not going to be kind of on point for this, so he wants to share everything he's got so far. So kind of gets... Yeah. Um, names of people that he talked to just on the street, um, gives you the details that they have about the, the victims and about Watley. Okay, sounds good. Okay, well, I'll stay here for the morning until the stuff's cleaned up. Then afterwards, I'm gonna go down to the, back to the station, try to see if I can, uh, if I can give a, uh, actually with Rose a phone call. Okay. So you can do that. You can find, you can find LaGrasse's number. Okay. I'm going to give him a call. <clears throat> Ring. LaGrasse. Yeah, good afternoon, Detective. Uh, it's uh, John Jerry here. How's it going? Sanderson, you on that, that murder case down in the quarter? Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a hell of a show this morning. This is a disaster. I'm going to actually try to go down. The bodies have been brought down to the morgue. They're thinking it's an animal attack. I've got a feeling this is something beyond that. So before I go down and have a look at the bodies this afternoon, I'm just going to ask if you wanted to join me and I could get your professional opinion on this. And, uh, I was going to say the timing and coincidence of this is, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird right now. So I've got a feeling this is something bigger. Well, it's not uh, unheard of for an animal to escape the zoo, but it sure is yeah. unheard of for said escaped animal to ravage bodies yeah. in the middle of the night. We actually have a body from Dunwich, uh, Mordecai Wheelie. The body was actually ripped in half. So. Well, something, uh, from what I read in the paper, something certainly did savage those bodies. Yeah. Wheatley, you said? Yep. Uh, that name, not too familiar with. Yeah, yeah, the other bodies, one was a 
from what I believe, and the other two were uh, women of the evening. What's your What's your work in theory? I'm not sure. I've got to I've got to get down to have a have a look at the bodies. Obviously, this was done early in the morning before six, say five o'clock. Witnesses just stumbled across and you know going home after a long night. So the one body, the guy from Dunwich, he was looked like he was maybe you know 20, 30 feet away from the rest of the bodies, and he was ravaged pretty good. We've got his ID, everything. You know, we can, we can look at him a little bit, but. Uh, I was talking to Professor Leon, and he was saying that, that you know anybody from Dunwich has uh, it's not a good place anyhow. So uh, a couple other people say that that they've seen the guy around town. You know, he was just a normal tourist looking around, stuff like that. So well, a lot of stuff happens up in that uh, that part of Massachusetts. A lot of weird stuff. Yeah. So a lot of stuff that a lot of stuff that might attract our interest. Trust yeah. your gut. See what you can find out. Definitely. Where does smoke does fire? Click. Okay. All right. So, Rose and Remy, you guys are will eventually wake up from your slumbers. Fine. Do we find Leon's note? Just see that pushed <laughs> under, under the door. Yeah. Yeah. If you left your one, sure. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and read the note and I'm assuming it gives a time and place. You're muted, uh, Tom. Yeah, Cafe du Monde. Uh, like seven o'clock. Okay. My, how, how many beignets can five people eat? Three. Well, let's We're find not out. Done yet. <laughs> five each? Yeah. That's right. 25 beignets. All right, so I'll uh, get myself ready and uh, head out the door. Yeah, I'll do the same. All right. I assume that we had lunch, uh, Alicia. So. Yes. So, Alicia, what do you what do you what do you make of all this craziness? It has been a, a hell of a twenty four hours. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, but I'm right now. I'm going with the flow. I'm. I'm Seeing where this takes me. Okay. It's going to take you, my dear, into the darkness. Oh, that's the name of our channel. Very nice. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> okay. uh, I didn't intend that when I said it. It just came out that way. <laughs> Surprise. Well. Uh, sure time. We believe you. Yeah. So we all, I guess, converge at Cafe du Monde. It's busy, I assume. It's always busy. And it's Saturday night. Oh, my God. It, it's a weekend, so you're going to have to wait for a table a little bit. So <clears throat> pretty, even though it's, it's warm and balmy, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not too hot. So it's uh, definitely a, a lot of people around you here. A lot of people who are at Cafe de Mine, you've got locals, you've got tourists, but uh, everybody seems to be uh, talking about the horrible murder just uh, about four blocks from here. Well, as soon as we can find a table and sit down. Um, so, John Jerry, did you, uh, did you find out any more info? If I heard, I was going to say by this 
I can say by this time would have I have gone by the morgue already or um no you haven't been to the morgue yet. Okay. Okay well I still haven't been by the morgue yet so you know stop taking a look at the bodies. Um I talked to Detective Gross and he's just telling me to go on my gut he seems I didn't really get much of an answer from him. Did they uh, check the zoo? Is there anything missing? Yeah, he he was thinking it was a likely story as well, and I haven't heard back from the uniforms about a, a missing animal. I told him about uh, our man from Dunwich as well, so it didn't ring any bells with him. You you did you did hear one thing uh, throughout the day that now now that Leon brought it up that um, that you recall, which you did hear a couple. Um, uh, uniforms at the station that we're talking about that, that, that Congo is back at the zoo. Okay, who's back at the zoo? Sorry. What you heard just in, in passing that you didn't really take too much note of until yeah. Leon just mentioned the zoo because you heard two of the uniforms talking and, and um, uh, the, what you heard in passing was yeah, the, yeah that Congo is back at the zoo. So who is Congo? And then, and then the other one says, "Yeah, let's let's uh, we should go for him tomorrow." Oh. Is Congo like a an animal? Great ape, maybe. I've never been to the zoo. I don't like zoos. Yeah, almost as much as I don't like wax museums. So do you guys want to, before we call it for tonight, do you guys want to maybe make a, a game plan for tomorrow? Yeah, do you know what? I think tomorrow, after we hear about that, I, I think we, I think tomorrow morning, first thing should go to the same. See who Congo is? Or what? Sounds like a good plan. Hmm. I'd like to, I'd like to, is there any way we can get in to see the morgue? Can is it possible for us to get in there? I'm sure can arrange it. I hate I to say it, but I've just got insane curiosity. Sure. If, if you know what? I'll do what I can. So I don't I've seen plenty of bodies. I don't need to see more. I still haven't been told when I. I was going to say, I'm still having been told when it's second for me to go down and take a walk, too. So. Uh, well, this might not even be a mystery that we're interested in. Might just be a murder. Might just be a, a dumb animal that, uh, that did this. But it sure came on rather quickly after we had our weird encounter at the, the wax museum. Well, what time of day is it now? Sorry. Well, at this point, it's probably around dinner Seven, time. I think it's 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I don't see any reason we could go down to the morgue right after this, Leon, and uh, see what's going on there. So. You fancy going to the morgue, Miss Martinez? I'm okay with that. Right after the dinner, you know. Who doesn't Remy? like an after-dinner visit to the morgue? <laughs> Remy, you want to go to the dead body? I'm, I'm in with you guys. 
we have become really morbid us (laughs) (laughs) goes with the territory professor remy once woke up with a chicken foot in his bed that was the that was the most tame of all of our experiences yeah (laughs) started going downhill from there from 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 a an occult uh perspective what would that signify somebody waking up a legless chicken running around (laughs) danger Good eats. <laughs> Was the chicken leg fried? <laughs> I, I don't think <laughs> then we found its its twin, the other chicken leg. That's what uh, that was. Mama's pushback. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time somebody in New Orleans woke up after a bender with a bed full of fried chicken. <laughs> It's yeah, happened to the keeper more it's often. Happened to the keeper once or twice. <laughs> well, fried chicken and garbage. So you guys know. So you know that the bodies were taken to to the charity hospital morgue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if you guys uh, make, if you decide to make your way over there, um, you kind of go through the hospital, head towards the morgue. Uh, you know, uh, John Jerry, your badge you can see by most people. When you get to the, yeah. there is a uniform guarding kind of the the, the hallway down to the morgue. Uh, you see uh, Officer Brant there, who you know. What's going on, Sanderson? Not too much. Uh, just going to say any word on on the bodies here. What's going on? Junt has got him up in there right now. Doctor Junter. Okay. Okay. I know him. He just you know, as a as a murder police, um, he's uh, one of the doctors that works to morgue, so you would have okay. dealt with him before. Okay, well, look, let's go in and uh, take a look. So well, I'm sure they probably have something. So I said, wait, well, hold, hold on a second, hold on a second. Who, who, who's your who's your friends? This is a friend of mine. He's he's helping me. No worries, no worries. Take it easy. We're uh, investigative consultants. Well, if you ain't police, you uh, shouldn't be going back there. You don't need nobody tampering with evidence. You ain't gonna touch nothing. Oh, don't worry. He's. I can tell him he's with me. I'm, I'm the lead on this, so I know we're I got, I got, I got orders, Anderson. No, nobody who's not colored blue goes back there. That means police and corpses. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna try to do. Uh, you could try and persuade or fast talk or yeah intimidate or fast talk now persuade what if I passed to persuade <laughs> well, what are you going to say to persuade just seeing if I can do anything else besides uh, persuade um which pretty bad. Actually, I'm going to try more of an intimidation. So. And I fail. So. Right. Rose, you, uh, are you trying something here? Well, I don't know. Guys, what do you think? Well, if you can't charm him, I can try. <laughs> 
All right. I will try to charm Come on, you. guys. I've been here all, all day. I ain't even getting paid overtime. <clears throat> oh, no. And you work so hard, don't you? I sure do, miss. Oh, and this business is just so awful. Yeah, that's right. It's terrible. Dealing with uh, criminals and, and corpses all day. Don't get no appreciation from nobody. Oh, no. No, certainly not. We don't see too many women around here either, do you? I, I walk by on the streets, people telling me they, they smell andouille sausage. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, y'all, y'all, y'all go on, go, go, go on now. Just don't touch nothing. Maybe, maybe, miss, I can give you a call later. Oh, certainly. And I'll give him a fake phone number. <laughs> oh. Okay, then. <laughs> All right. All right. So as you get down to the, uh, down to the morgue, basically, then he'll, he'll, he'll eventually he'll let you buy. Um, he's, he's a little sweet on Rose, clearly. Um, and uh, and we, got, we got bodies on the table covered up. You see uh, Sanderson, you recognize Dr. Junter. Good evening, uh, doctor. How is this going? Uh, it's a real walk in the park, Sanderson. A regular trip to Pontchartrain Beach. Okay, so can I tell how many he's gone through already? Or? Yeah, and, and, and like he hasn't really done autopsies yet. He's just yeah, kind of, like, like he is. You know, he's just kind of taking like kind of recording and and getting what notes and, and everything he can. Yeah. I was gonna say so with your expert opinion. What have you found here? Well, he'll uh, he'll actually uh, we'll show you the bodies. Um, he kind of looks at the rest of you curiously, not knowing exactly why you're here, but he's dealt with John Jerry before. Um, and uh, so the first body we look at, he said, "This is Emily Graham," and I don't have to tell you how she died because as he um, peels the sheet back, her skull is crushed. Um, so we'll probably roll sanity here in a minute because this is pretty grisly for anybody who's really looking. Um, he said this other, uh, the other lady of the night was Miss Moreau, and then um, she has her trachea torn out, so her her uh, eyes are closed, but uh, um, you know her, her like pretty much her whole throat area is ripped out. Uh, and then his uh, his uh, Walt Whitman over here. And then he shows you uh, Andrew the poet, and he's got like just what what does look like a huge animal bite on his shoulder, um, and he's also kind of like cut open across the chest. And he said, and then here is the, the the main attraction, Mister Massachusetts over here. And then he he pulls out um, the sheets over um, Watley, and disemboweled. He's like we uh, he's like we gathered up what guts we could. Um, and then uh, he's also got a nice case of uh, brothel heel. Brothel heel. Mm-hmm. What's that? You guys remember brothel heel from, we talked about it last week? When, when you jump out the window when you're trying to come in. Oh. <laughs> try and bust up the joint. He was trying to run away and he heard this. Okay. So he's got some, two fresh fractured ankles. Oh, okay. And then something uh, particularly interesting, and he actually grabs one of uh, Watley's arms and uh, turns it over, and you actually see he's got 
something on his arm. It's just right here. Huh. This is some kind of, uh, like I said, at first I thought it was a tattoo, but it's actually drawn on with some kind of some kind of marker or some kind of ink. Huh. I'm actually going to copy that down in my, like, uh, my notebook. That's, that's really interesting. Does it come off? Smear off? It, it can smear off. Okay. That's how we, that's how I knew it wasn't a tattoo. Yeah. Any of you guys have um uh, uh any kind of um okay. science, chemistry? Um no. No science. I'm a linguist, sir. So all in all, and, and then he tells you all in all, he says as, as improbable as it seems that all of these injuries are are concurrent with a ferocious animal attack, just like everybody's saying. Mm. Can't imagine such a thing in the French Quarter. But he says, so but what it, kind of animal? Do seem to add up. Feline. Huh. So definitely, you think it's a feline. Oh, the injuries are. Are cougars big enough to do damage like that? That surprises me. Uh, if it's big enough, have you seen some of them cats over at the zoo? The lions, the tigers. Well, lions, yeah, but uh, cougars aren't very big, are they? Something uh, this must have been massive. Uh, you get one of those big cats mad enough; it doesn't have to be huge. Mm, I suppose. Panther. I was going to say there's a name floating around. What was the name of the owner? Uh, the name floating around? Yeah. The name of the animal. Uh, Congo? Congo, yeah. Congo, yeah. Somebody said Congo's back at the zoo. I don't know about that. I, I ain't been to the zoo since my kids have grown. Well, we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, after next place. Oh. What's that called there? Why, that little googly thing there. What's that? That's his insides. Is that his liver? Holy crap. Well, all, all the internal parts should, uh, should be numbered and labeled. Oh. And here's the key. That's his pancreas. Boy, I should have taken some anatomy when I was in school. That's the gallbladder, Professor. Oh. <laughs> All right. He says, well, if you uh, want to get another look at these while the uh, investigation is ongoing, uh, you just give me the word when we get these, uh, get these people in the ground, so to speak. Because I'll just burn them up if they're not identified or, you know, see if they can find a next to kin. Let me know if you can find a next to kin for this Watley. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, if something up, I was going to say something is up with him. He's a, uh, I heard he might be a Dunwich boy, so it's not from around here. It's, yeah. it's very likely that his family would want his body there. 
they're quite a large family back east. Not a very nice family, but they might not take take too kindly to having their their cousin burned. Well, let, um, let, let, let us know when you can find them. Well, I suppose we can take a look. Yeah. All right. So um, that will probably be it for tonight. Uh, at this point, it's getting pretty, pretty late in game and probably time to call it out of game. Um, so we've got a few, a few leads. Um, you guys are talking about the zoo. You've still got, um, you know, uh, Office of Burns notes you could go through again. Um, we've been to the morgue. So there's a, a few ways you could go from here. All right. That was pretty cool. Uh, our players included Joshua Hook, Kim Smeltzer, uh, Wayne Worthy, Greg Malcolm, and myself with Kurt LeBlanc as Keeper of the Secrets. The music we're using for this campaign is Save My Soul by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. They were kind enough to give us their, permi- their permission to use it. Uh, I've put a link in uh, to their web channel in, in the description below. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.